Thanks for joining me for another episode of Accented. This series is based on conversations with real people who all have different English accents. You get to hear really cool stories and listen to how people enunciate their words. On today's episode, you'll be hearing from Dominic, and I can't actually pinpoint his accent, so I'm going to say he has an international accent. Hello and welcome to Accent at the Podcast. Thank you for joining me for another episode. We are at episode number 46 and I can't believe we have that many episodes since I started. I have some big news and I'm going to pause the podcast until early next year and you'll just have to stay tuned as to what is happening in January 2022. So this is the last podcast episode for Accented for 2021. Today, before we get started, I would like to introduce our guest who is Dominic and he's originally from Malaysia, born to Chinese Malaysian parents and he has lived all over the world. He's currently living in Taiwan. So he's lived in Australia, he's lived in the United States of America, and now he's in Taiwan. So his accent is really difficult to know. And that's what's happening with the world. We are becoming more global and people are not having those distinct accents that we did many years ago when we weren't traveling. And it's really interesting to see what is happening with accents around the world. At the beginning of the interview, Dominic starts speaking about his time in Australia. And it's interesting because he lived in the capital of South Australia. Now, for those who are not familiar with geography, Australia has six states and two territories. So we are similar to the United States, but we don't have as many states as what they do. Even though our country is about the size of the United States, we have less states and two territories. So Dominic spoke about living in Adelaide, which is the capital city of South Australia. I live in Sydney, which is the capital city of New South Wales. That's the state that I live in. And he said that he wanted to get to know more of the outback. Now, the outback is a term used for the desert or the um, untouched areas of Australia. And we do have a lot of desert in this country. And so he decided to go to the Northern Territory, which is similar to a state. And the Northern Territory has one of the most famous things in the world, which is that big, massive rock in the centre of Australia called Uluru. So that's what Dominic means when he is talking about the outback. It is not a city. It is the very rural part and basically untouched part of Australia. All right, I'm going to 
get straight into this interview. So enjoy. Today I am speaking with Dominic. He's an English teacher. He is originally from Malaysia and he's currently living in Taiwan. Welcome, Dominic. Thank you, Kimberly. Thank you for having me on your show. Yeah, so tell us a little bit about yourself. You just told me before that you've lived in Australia, which is something I didn't know. Right. So, yeah, I did live in Australia for a little bit, uh, mainly because um, my my dad is Australian. So um, I lived there yeah, for quite a bit. So most of the time I, well, I was in Adelaide and um, nor- a little bit in Northern Territory. Yeah. But my oh, mom cool. right now is in Queensland right now. So yeah, In Queensland, whereabouts? There. Um, I'm not really sure right now. She because she just moved recently, so yeah. It before it was in Nambour, so. Oh, that's cool. Now, that's um near the Sunshine Coast. Right, right. It's near the Sunshine Coast. So yeah. But her new place, I I still don't know where it is yet. <laughs> she hasn't told me yet. And what were you doing in the Northern Territory? That would be really cool. Um, for experience, actually, like because you know. I, you know, Adelaide is like a city, right? So I kind of want to experience the outback. And so, and Darwin was like a countryside in Australia. So um, went there and, you know, tested the life there. Yeah, pretty good, you know, slow and comfortable. And people there are actually kind of more friendly. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> so that was a while back already. So, <laughs> so growing up in Malaysia, why yeah. did you decide to become an English teacher? Um, interesting, actually, right? Because um, my whole life, like, I've been speaking English. And so my parents, you know, they spoke English to me. And so pretty much, like, English is my first language. Uh, and then the other language that I had to learn in Malaysia was Malay, but I didn't really catch on to that. And then, you know, I uh, lived in Australia, lived in the U.S., and then... I got married in the U.S. and came to Taiwan. So, but originally I wasn't, I didn't plan to be an English teacher. I wanted to be a photographer, photography teacher. And so I had to change my career path when I'm in Taiwan. So yeah, so now I'm, I'm an English teacher now. So I've been teaching for about 14 years in Taiwan. Wow. And when you say you had to change your career path, why is that? Um, well, when I came, when I first came, oh, how do I say it? When I was in 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 the U.S., right? Uh, I lived in Hawaii. So when I was in Hawaii, I had, I had my photography studio, and so I was doing that. I was doing pretty well, actually. And so, but I got married. Uh, my wife's Taiwanese, so we got married, and I decided to you know move to Taiwan. And so while in Taiwan, I I couldn't speak a single drop of Chinese at all, and so it was very difficult to try to get job. Um, as a photographer and as well as teaching photography because the language, the Chinese language is required. And so that was very difficult. And so my first, you know, couple, first year was difficult for me. So it's not, eventually, you know, uh, most foreigners who come to Taiwan, you know, they teach English. And I was like, okay, I could give that a try and see how that goes. And then eventually I fell in love with teaching. Well, actually, I, I really love teaching, but I fell in love teaching English to you know, yeah, uh, kids and adults as well. So it's kind of like a new thing. And so, and then, yeah, I changed my career, you know, uh, because I need to support my family. And so at the same time, it's it's kind of become like a passion. I wanted the kids to learn something from me. And so, yeah, so it's different. Yeah. 
so you say your parents spoke to you in English growing right, up yeah. in Malaysia, yet yeah. they're Chinese Malaysian? So your parents or your mum didn't want to speak Chinese with you? Um, I don't know. I think they did probably a little bit. It's not like, yeah. I don't know. Because like, in Malaysia, right, if there, there are different types of families. There are families who like dominantly speak only Chinese and there are families who dominantly speak only Malay, right? But my family speak mostly in English. So, yeah. So, yeah. And all my friends that I have are all English speakers as well. So, it's just, you know, just the thing now. And if you go to Malaysia now, it's it's also pretty similar now, except most schools, like students or families who actually go to international schools, um, focus more on English, whereas other schools are very different depending on the the race there, right? So yeah, but that That's is Malaysia. It's a bit different, yeah. It so how is your Chinese now after fourteen years in Taiwan? Uh, I can I can I can have a conversation, yeah, and no, I don't. Uh, I would say. 80% I'm able to listen to someone's conversation and probably like my speaking is probably like, you know, 75%. Uh, that good, maybe, I guess. <laughs> but I have problems with tones. Like in, in Taiwan, the Chinese language, they have like four tones. And so I, I cannot recognize the four tones. So my I think I'm tone deaf. So, But um, what I do is I just have to memorize the words itself. And so, yes, but occasionally I say the wrong tones and people corrected me with it. So, but yeah, but people in Taiwan are really friendly. So it's not like a big problem. You've been teaching for 14 years and uh -huh. I've seen your YouTube channel. So yes. what made you start that? Um, well, I love telling English stories to my, to my kids and to, you know, to all my students. And so one of my older students came to me and said, Dominic, you know, you should try, you know, do a storytelling on YouTube and stuff like that. And so and I was like, oh, sure, I'll give it a try if you think that's fun. And so I did that. I did my first episode on it and I got a, such a huge, you know, you know, people start saying, yeah, Dominic, you should do more, you should do more. And I was like, okay. So I started doing more and eventually I wanted to do more than just storytelling, you know, because in in my lesson in schools and whatever, whenever I teach English, I usually like to put like, what do you say? How do you say it? life lessons into my lessons? So, because I want the younger kids, uh, younger generations to actually, um, you know, have more motivation in their life and able to do more things, you know, because, because when I was young, I don't, I do not have that kind of mentors or older people who can guide me. And so, and my teachers, I don't remember any of my teachers giving me any support. So I want to be different. I want to be the kind of teacher that actually can give my students support, um, you know, lifestyle support as well as well as language support. So, yeah. So that's why I started uh, Uncle Dominic's Storytime. And, and eventually I had Just Chat with Uncle Dominic where we talk about motivational things um, in our in daily lives. So, yeah. So that's how I started my podcast. That's great. So can you tell us one of your favorite stories that you like to share? Um, yes, I actually shared uh, one of my favorite stories, uh, The Giving Tree. Have you heard of The Giving Tree? It's, it's written by Shel Silverstein. Mm, Have you heard of it? I, it? It rings a bell, but... Okay. Yeah. So it's, it's basically about a tree, right? 
And so, and there's this little boy who goes to the tree and then he plays with the tree. And then eventually the boy grows up and the boy asks for things besides playing with the tree. Like, um, you know, he needs some money, he needs food, he needs clothes, whatever. And then the tree says, okay, take my apples, you know, things like that. And then the boy will take the tree apples and sell them and, you know, get some money. And so the whole story there um, is just about the tree sacrificing itself for the boy where else the boy is doing everything he needs to survive like eventually like the, at, the, at the end of the story like the boy wanted to get married and you know so the tree says you can take my trunks and my branches and build a house so that's like a huge sacrifice for a tree so yeah so the story teaches us about you know the sacrifices that parents actually do for the children and so yeah so i really like the story because it you know tells me about my parents where they sacrifice most of their time for me for my education for you know what whatever i need in life so yeah and i guess you're doing the same for your children now as well uh yeah so it's like a circle of life right so yeah yeah i am <laughs> i think all parents do right yeah. they they sacrifice their time and career sometimes right for their children no, definitely. And you do a little bit of photography in your lessons too? Uh, right now, I don't. I, I haven't done much photography it's for about more than 10 years now. Yeah. So I, I've been more focused on, you know, educating. So uh, being an educator and learning new things because I'm always constantly learning. So I'm still um, going online and getting courses and improving my English lessons and preparing my classes for the students because uh, I, ca I cannot just stop there. I need to always improve myself in, in the ways that when I teach, the students get something from me because that's how they learn in life, right? Because uh, if, if you see the, the time the children, students actually spend in schools in Taiwan, it's shocking. I mean... Um, back in Malaysia, you go to school for four or five hours a day, right? And so, like, even in Australia, right? Four or five hours a day. Am I right, Kimberly? Maybe a little bit longer. <laughs> a little bit longer now, is it? Oh, not too much longer. I'd say six hours a day. Or six hours a day, right? But kids in Taiwan, they spend more than 10 hours a day in schools. And really? so. Yeah, so they go to school in the morning all the way to evenings and evening time they go to cram schools or tuition schools, right? And so, yeah, like oh, after school daycare kind of thing. That's what I call it. But yeah, so I'm a teacher in, in the morning school, in the public school, and I'm also a teacher at cram school. So when I'm getting students from the cram schools, the students are already tired from the morning school. So if you have a boring lesson, uh, the kids are gonna get tired and they wouldn't learn anything from you. But if you actually have an interesting lesson, they will they will have fun, and they actually learn from from it. So that's what that's why I'm trying to make myself, you know, more knowledgeable and improve my teaching skills constantly because um, I I feel like our life is has to it has to be very constant. We have to be we have to have constant learning in our life. It's not just mm -hmm. I finish. I finished primary school. I finished secondary school. Um, that's it to my education. Or I finished college. That's it to my education. No, it's all learning. The whole our whole life is about learning. So, yeah. So I want to be able to you know learn stuff and share it 
to my students and to people that I'm in contact with. So how do you make a boring grammar lesson interesting in your cram school? Uh, it, it depends on the level of, you know, the speakers as well, the, the level of the students, right? So the younger students is much easier when we can use uh, grammar words by using flashcards. I do a lot of flashcards. I do a lot of drawings as well. So um, switching the flashcards with different uh, nouns and verbs and even drawing I'm, you know, drawing some pictures. I, I like to do this by make it more personal. So I will use the student's name in the sentences to make it uh, more fun. And I'll do some, you know, weird things. But yeah, it's still fun things. So the kids actually laugh in class. And so they're learning it and they had to use it, right? And so we, I do, we do a lot of videos as well. So recording the students uh, doing like short plays or short scripts, you know, things like that. But of course, with with the COVID nineteen now, it's much difficult to do that. Everything's online now, so online lessons are much more boring in some in some ways, you know. So I have to do things more with drawing and showing more videos, and so to interact with the students, especially the grammars, right? And so yeah, so a lot of teachers actually in Taiwan right now are going online, so they are recording a lot of exciting, how do we say, exciting, fun grammar videos. So. Uh, the resources there, I can just use it to show the students as well. So yeah, but for older students, it's very difficult because uh, they don't want to, you know, they feel very shy and embarrassing to do certain things because, I don't know, I feel like in Taiwan, the Asian students, right, they get shy quite often compared to students in America and students in Australia because they are more open, would you say so? Yeah, I think you're right. Yeah. Maybe so, they don't yeah. want to make mistakes. Yeah, so they're shy. So, so in this case, it's, it's difficult. But um, I'm I'm sort of able to you know capture their attention and make them speak in my high school classes. And so yeah, um, I don't know how, but for some reason, maybe because the way I look, I look funny, and the way I talk, I look funny, or whatever. But most of the Things that you know, the reviews that I get from my students as teachers as well. I'm a pretty funny teacher in class, and so they had fun from that. So yeah, could be a little bit humor to my personality, I guess. So I'd love to see one of your classes. So... <laughs> yeah, sure. <laughs> Come to Taiwan. <laughs> yeah, it would be cool. I'd love to teach in Taiwan. So. Tell us something that's different about Taiwan. Tell us something that we might not know about the country. Earthquakes. Earthquakes. Okay. That's what. <laughs> there's no really of there's there's no really earthquakes in Australia, right? So no. Not earthquakes really. in it's very constant in Taiwan. Just just yesterday was it yesterday? Yeah, just yesterday we had a double earthquake. So that was like, oh my gosh, that's creepy. And because I was I was teaching in a in a, in a tall building, right? It was a uh, it's like a ten floor building, right? So I'm on the fifth floor, and so the the sh the sh you know the building was shaking really crazy. So yeah, pretty crazy. But you have most to of the hide speakers, under the table. Um, you would think so, but because earthquakes are so normal in Taiwan, it's so common, people don't really get afraid, you know. And so yeah, <laughs> so people just do whatever they're doing normally. So there's nothing like strange about it. So the only time you see p 
people react to earthquakes are usually the new visitors or tourists or new teachers who come to Taiwan to teach. So they're panicking with a, with such a small earthquake. Yeah, <laughs> that would be me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So when I first came here, it was the same thing. Like I had earthquake. I was like, "Oh my gosh, what do I do?" You know, yeah. <laughs> so there's nothing about like that back in Australia or Malaysia in those days. No, not really, or just tiny mm. ones. <laughs> well, thank yeah. you so much, Dominic, for coming on the show. I'll no make problem. sure. Thank you for having me. Yeah. No, it was cool to hear about your life story you've got i could probably keep chatting to you it sounds like you've got lots of stories so i'll make sure. sure to put the links in the show notes so people can come and find you and have a listen to what you've got to say yes thank you thank you thank you have a great night thank you thank you again kimberly for having me on the show no worries bye-bye goodbye thanks for listening to another episode of accented i'm your host kimberly law Accented is released on the 15th and 30th of each month. If you'd like to find out more about me, please head to kimslawofenglish.com. I'd love to hear your thoughts, so don't forget to leave a review of the podcast or even a star rating. Speak to you soon.